With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's no bigger fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes than Iowa's premier dish retailer, Big Dog Satellite and Solar. If you can't watch live, there's no better way to record every game than the Hopper from Dish. Search or call Big Dog today and ask for the Hawkeye Tailgater Special. For one more beer for me. Exile means quality, so savagely. Best beer in all the land, brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can, Exile Brewing, E-X-I-L-E. For me, E-X-I-L-E, let's drink football. Enjoy your It's the HN Podcast. I'm John Miller along with Steve Dace. We are going to discuss a, I think, controversial is probably a bit of a reach, but a, a topic that there should be a number of different opinions on. Steve and I, I think, have a little bit differing opinion, and we'll dive into it. Tyler Cook, um, is Iowa basketball better off in the 1920 season with or without Tyler Cook. And Steve, since I'm a, uh, a gracious host, I will allow you to speak first. Although if you're in, in the uh, law field or field of law, you probably would like to speak second. So you might think that I'm actually not being a gracious host and I'm actually just stacking <laughs> the deck for myself. But nonetheless, uh, go ahead. Well, let, let me do this first, because we, we live in, the, in an era of false binary choices, okay? And some things are life in life are a binary choice, okay? You're either alive or you're dead. You're either male or female, okay? So uh, there are binary choices. There's plenty of them. But, but we love to put false binary choices on things, meaning that, there, there can be no distinctions when there are options. And I believe Iowa basketball, and how do I put this? Um, it's more likely than not the team has a higher ceiling without him on it next year. And that has nothing to do with my opinion of him. Um, well, it has... It doesn't have as much to do with my opinion of him as a basketball player as much as it does with my opinion of his type of basketball player. And, and to me, I, I look at Tyler Cook and Nick Ward at Michigan, Michigan State in a similar vein. They are both very good college basketball players. Um, I, I would say Cook ha- has um, the potential to be um, – you know, a notch below elite. And I would say Nick Ward has the potential to be maybe a notch beneath that notch. But the style of play that they bring to the table with the way that their team is at its best 
each of their teams are at its best. I, I, I really think that they hold their teams back because they don't bring enough to the table elsewhere to justify the toll the team has to take in order to, to, to feed the beast, so to speak. And when you look at Michigan State, and I'm gonna, and the reason I want to bring another team into this conversation is because I, I want to make sure if you're an Iowa fan and you love Tyler Cook and you love you know, what his commitment did to the program and what his athleticism uh, means to the program, I, I want to make sure you know I'm not just picking on you, that, that he's not even the lone example of this. But you know, Michigan State is at their best when they're pushing the ball. And, and they push the ball as much as any team in our league ever has, including after makes, the opponent makes a basket. All right? They're at their best. Running the floor is not Nick Ward's strength. He's better at it than he used to be, but it's, it's not his strength. Uh, and then you look at where they're at defensively. He can't really guard anybody. And it's not that he's not a good defensive player. It's that the type of player he is there's not a lot of in college basketball anymore. And, and so, you know, he's a back to the basket, back you down post presence. There aren't a lot of those in college basketball. Most of your interior guys are versatile, multifaceted players. And so if you look at the two games that he, that he played last year against Mo Wagner, for example, you know, I, I don't know Mo Wagner's agent, but I would guess that he put a lot of tape of Mo Wagner abusing Nick Ward on his highlight tape. And it's just a bad matchup. But the problem is Mo Wagner represents a lot of what this generation's big men more or less are because it's what the NBA wants them to be. And Nick Ward is a throwback to the kind of player, post player that used to dominate in our league in another era. But that was an era of, you know, a 45 second shot clocks, not the era that we see today. And so, so much offense nowadays is ISO or ball screen. And he's not really great at either one. And he can't defend on the ball screen at all. And so, you know, a lot of us were curious, boy, they already lost Josh Langford. Now you're going to take Nick Ward out of the lineup. What's going to become a Michigan State? And they ended up playing their best basketball the entire season because Xavier Tillman fit better what, uh, what, what they wanted to do. He ran the floor better. He could defend ball screens much better. Um, and, and they became a better basketball team the more minutes that he played. And, we got, and when Nick Ward came back, I, I really just – I got you get the feeling if you were an opponent, you almost were relieved when he came in the game. And it's not that he's not a really good college basketball player. It's just the cost that Michigan State has to pay for him to be at his best cost the whole team as well. The ball sticks on offense, for example. On defense, he can't guard anybody. Well, I think it's very similar with Tyler Cook at, Michigan, at Iowa. And Cook's not, is not you know, the strict uh, back, you, back to the basket player Nick Ward is. Uh, he can face you up and attack the rim, but he's never developed any semblance of a mid-range game at all. The ball also sticks when it comes to him, and and he plays in an offense that has 
I would actually say more weapons than Michigan State's does. It's just that, um, you know, defense is de-emphasized in Iowa's uh, system, um, you know, so they don't they don't ask players to play two ways um, on both ends of the court the way that Michigan State does. But in terms of the offensive weapons Iowa can put on the court, I mean, I could name four guys on Iowa's team right now that could get you 20 points in a given night. You could name four guys in Michigan State's team that get you 20, 20 points in a given night. You couldn't do that. But they, went, you know, they went to the Final Four. So what I, what I see with Tyler Cook is I see a guy that's also not a great defensive player. Um, I see a guy that isn't always a willing rebounder, can be, a, can be dominant when he decides to go that route. We saw that, for example, against uh, Tennessee uh, in the comeback there in the NCAA tournament game. But what I see is a guy that, is the best athlete on the team, but he's maybe the, when you look at overall skill set potential development, he's the second, maybe third most comprehensively uh, skilled scoring option. Um, and so what he needs in order to accentuate that athleticism takes away from the other scoring options that I think present much more difficult matchup problems for opposing defense, uh, Luca Garza for sure, and Joe Wieskamp on the come, I think, is, is maybe just a season away from that. And, and I think given the recruiting class coming in, the amount of players that are coming back, and, and I know what a, a lot of listeners are going to say, well, you know, he can come back next year and develop that game. I doubt that, and here's why. He just had an offseason where he went to the NBA, the scouting comp, or, or he went to the NBA camps. And I'm sure they told him, you got to develop this. And he didn't develop it. So, you know, at this point, it's his last year no matter what. I think the other two guys, in terms of collegiate skill sets, have higher ceilings and complement each other better. And and utilizing them doesn't get in the way of, of developing other players and Iowa system all the way around. Um, so to me, um, I, I think I, I think it's more likely than not given that he's probably at his ceiling as a collegiate, uh, especially if pencil is going to come back because see, I think Tyler cook has the potential to play long term in the NBA. If he was willing to be the kind of player pencil is a glue player, a guy who does a little bit of everything, um, I, 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 there's no way he's coming back to college basketball to do that. He's coming back to college basketball to be a star or not. Well, if I'm Iowa, I, I don't, I, I'm going to choose the or not then because, um, we increase, we increase if he decreases because if he's not going to be a guy that can, uh, uh, that can attack the, that can hit mid range jump shots and extend the defense, then what he does to occupy time and space in my offense takes away from guys who can bring that to the table and complement each other better. And they don't have the huge recruiting profiles where there's a ton of pressure. You know, if Luca Garza doesn't get 12, 15 shots in a game, that's not a story afterwards. It is for, it is every single night that doesn't have with Tyler cook. So to me, I, I, I would bid him adieu. I tell him, God bless you. Good luck to you. Because unless you're willing to come back and be a glue kind of a player, um, 
than, you know, a, a more athletic version of what Pencil is. I don't think you have much of an NBA future anyway. And I think if he was willing to do that, we would have probably seen that in this offseason. So I, that, that's, that's the basic or, you know, foundation of my case why I think both those teams – you know, if you look at Michigan State, goodness, what do they do if if you get Till? You don't want to take Tillman off the floor. He just as he's coming on to bring Nick Ward back. I think if you're Tom Izzo, plus you've got Marcus Bingham. That's another stretch four or five guy that you're looking to play. If you're Mike Tom Izzo, you're probably secretly you can't say this out loud, but you're praying Nick Ward doesn't come back. So that's kind of the foundation of my case, and and I think both of those players are in similar. And their teams are, are kind of in similar circumstances there. All right. Well, I, I don't disagree with you that his ceiling as a collegian is we, we, we're near there. My thought, you know, we're talking about is Iowa a better team next year with or without Tyler Cook? And not necessarily if his ceiling is a collegian. Well, I, I guess those two things aren't mutually exclusive. I think that a, a lot of what I'm going to say right now, is going to make it sound like I'm agreeing with you until I get to the end. Okay. Um, this season was Tyler Cook's worst season shooting the ball of any of his three years at Iowa. Um, he also averaged 14.5 points per game this year, and he averaged 15.3 a year ago. Um, he had zero points against Wisconsin a few weeks ago. Zero points. Uh, in a four-game stretch there, you know, Iowa lost four in a row at Ohio State, Rutgers at home, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska. He scored 12, 16, 0, and 9. Zero against Wisconsin and nine in an overtime loss at Nebraska in a game where Iowa scored 91 points. Um, he was one of nine versus Cincinnati from the floor and four of 12 against Tennessee from the floor in those two games. And I think those two games, certainly the most recent ones, were very similar games where Tyler was dribbling the ball probably too much, dribbling the ball and attacking the basket from too far out against good defensive teams. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. His shooting percentage from two-point range this season was 51.9%. 57 and a half last year, 50, 56 and a half as a freshman. Uh, so this was his worst shooting year as well. It was his best rebounding year. It was his worst efficiency year, if you will. Um, it was his, his defensive rating per 100 possessions on sports reference, a site that I spend a ton of time on during basketball season. It was, he had his worst defensive rating of his career and improving on his defense is what the NBA. One of the things the NBA told him that wanted him to do this last year when he went and spoke with them. So, and I think really it's the last third of the season or so that Tyler's numbers really cratered because I think for the first two thirds of the season, he was having a near, near first team, all big 10 caliber season putting up numbers, a power forward or center at Iowa that we've just not seen before and uh, an explosive skill set. And Iowa, you know, Steve, I, I'm thinking back to the early 1980s. I don't remember Iowa having a player with his 
his skill set all in one. And again, he's got holes in his skill set, but he can at times attack the glass and be effective against slower footed defenders. He's got some decent dribbles. I think it's just for him is recognizing the time and place. And I think Steve, I think he got frustrated as the season went on, as teams, um, as we get into February, the calendar turns to February, Big Ten officials stop blowing whistles. Teams begin to overplay you and to clutch and to grab on the perimeter, as we've talked about ad nauseum. Iowa does not have the guards to attack and make teams pay for extending their man-to-man defense out to 22, 23 feet. So Iowa has to get into its offense from that high on the court. Therefore, Tyler Cook has to come out a little bit higher to receive those balls, to receive the entry passes because you can't throw an entry pass from 21 feet out to a guy isolated on a block because the ball won't get there at time time and the ball will be intercepted and there'll be a turnover. So he's, he's receiving those entry passes at the free throw line extended. And if Tyler Cook is gone, Luca Garza's Luca Garza is going to receive those same entry passes at the free throw line junction extended. And he is worse at attacking off the dribble than Tyler Cook is. I think that Tyler Cook, uh, by far and away, the best and leading rebounder on this team. I think Garza will have more rebounds per game in Cook's absence, obviously. I think that Cordell Pemsel obviously would step in and fill some of that role. Cook averaged over 30 minutes a game. Uh, for this for this season, I want to make sure I got that correct. He averaged yeah, 31 minutes a game, so those minutes will have to be would be divvied up. Is Iowa a better player without him? It's hard for me to say yes when I see his overall athletic talents and skills that he possesses that I have not seen in an Iowa player. Uh, all in one before. Yeah, there's been great athletes before. There's been better scores, but the combination of scoring and rebounding is not common. But did he play selfishly at times? I think it looks selfish because I think he was frustrated because Iowa couldn't get into its offensive sets later on the season that it did early in the season. And I think that if Tyler Cook isn't there, it's just going to be other people that are going to get frustrated because they're not going to be able to get the ball in the sets and on the places on the floor where they want to get it. And we'll be sitting here next year saying, what's wrong with Luca Garza? Why did he regress? Well, what's wrong with Cordell Pemsel? I thought he could do this. Boy, Jack Nunji really struggled when he was catching the ball 17 feet away from the basket. And the reason being is because I was going to be in a very similar situation next year as it was this year. Unless true freshman Joe Toussaint is very um, uncharacteristic uh, and non-typical relative to a true freshman. Uh, less than six foot tall point guard coming into the Big Ten in his true freshman year and can carry a lot of weight for this team, both offensively and defensively, which I'll believe that when I see it. So therefore, I believe that Iowa is going to be in a very similar situation 
with guards that are not good at consistently beating the opposing team's guard off the dribble, getting into the lane, causing teams to have to respect the dribble drive abilities, therefore falling back, therefore allowing the offense to get set up closer to the basket, therefore hitting the post players down on the block where they're closer to the basket, won't have to dribble, and are much closer to the basket relative to efficiency and higher shooting percentages scoring the basket. I guy was going to be in a very similar situation there. So, Steve, it's it's almost like I'm changing the goalpost on you. Is Iowa going to be better with or without Tyler Cook? I'm not sure with or without Tyler Cook it's going to matter all that much because I think they're still going to have the same shortcomings in the backcourt that whether he's there or he's not, this team is a 6, 7, 8 seed peak team at its highest. That's what I think. Well, as I listen, as I listen to what you just said, I I agree with everything you just said, except for the conclusion. Um, I can't believe I'm going to be the one to do this, but why not? I don't believe it's a fait accompli that whether he comes back or not, they're a sixth or seventh seed. Um, in the in the in the Big Ten, I, I think if he comes back, well, first of all, let's just say this on a macro level, you know, with the new rule now that you can actually hire an agent to get you through the draft process, um, and you can come back if you're not drafted, uh, or if you if it doesn't if you're not uh, invited to the NBA scouting combine, we're not going to know till like Memorial Day now, what the rosters in the Big Ten are going to look like. Okay, I think we have a pretty good idea. You know, we don't we don't really think anybody except for maybe Nick Ward, all that impactful on Michigan State is going pro. So it looks like Winston, Tillman, Langford, Henry, all those guys are back. You know, with Michigan, you're going to have the situation where Matthews for sure is gone. I suspect Poole and Brasdakis will both declare and and we'll see if one both come back, stay in the draft. We don't know. Both those guys come back. With with the with what Michigan has coming back, Michigan and Michigan State could could all could be like one two in the country in the preseason. When you start looking, and then you start looking at the rest of the Big Ten, we don't know what's going to happen with Maryland. You know, we know Bruno Fernando is going to go pro. We don't know if Jalen Smith's going to join him by staying in the draft or not. So, I I don't think it's it's a fait accompli whether Cook comes back or not that Iowa is locked into a sixth or seventh finish in the Big Ten next year because we don't know what these rosters are going to look like yet. Okay, but I I do think this it's far more likely they are locked into that. I shouldn't say far more because I I really am not anti Tyler Cook. I enjoy watching him play. I just think it's more likely they are locked into that. All things being considered, if he doesn't. Why? Because if he's if 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 you feel the need to serve him as a primary option, it's almost impossible for Iowa to overcome the shortcoming that you just described. Because the line, the way you would have you, the way you need to play basketball to compensate for that, his presence on the floor doesn't permit. See, I, I, I would argue Joe Wieskamp, and especially Luca Garza are already more developed offensive players than he is. Um, and and I, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all because Tyler's Tyler has one dimension. Yes, that's I'm and that's so I'm more athletic is, than you are. That yes, exactly. And so the problem with that is, you know, if you're Iowa, you're not going to have a dominant, uh, you know, um, 
ball screen, crossover dribble, attack the rim point guard next year. You're just not. So then you got to look at what's the best look that, lineup that I can put on the floor. The idea that I can put multiple rise-up shooters on the floor so, so that when you come out and extend your defense, and then in Weiss Camp, I already, have, I already have one of those guys that can now off, off the bounce punish you uh, in, for, for making that sort of commitment. And then I bring in a guy like a pencil, and he's my cleanup guy. He's, he's fine getting me eight, nine points a game and seven, eight rebounds a game. And, and being that guy that's, you know, cleans up weak side glass on the offensive end uh, that gets, you know, a couple of garbage points, uh, you know, off, you know, off of, uh, you know, defenses extending. Big men don't want to go out there and play the Luca Garzas and Joe Wieskamps of the world. So to me, the more difficult matchup that Iowa presents with the, all the potential combinations of talent and personnel it has next year, the best combinations is when Kyle, Tyler Cook is not on the floor. And it's just simply because the the rest of those players don't complement him and 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 the skill set that he brings to the table. And the skill set that he brings to the table takes away from the rest of those players. I think they're a more difficult matchup. Uh, and because here's the thing, he's not a guard either. You know, you could if he was a guard, you could do what Matt Painter did at Purdue, which is, you know what, Carson Palmer's going to shoot 35% from the field. Till we get to the NSA tournament, then he's basically to make every shot that he didn't make for three months in Big Ten play. But 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 his presence, even though if even if he's going four for twenty-five tonight, the fact that you know this could be the night that he goes eighteen for twenty-five means you got to go out there and defend him every single time, which opens up looks for his the rest of these guys. Cook doesn't bring that to the table either, you know, and so he doesn't make the players around him better, and the way that he's currently constructed. Not because he's not capable of that, but because the roster around him isn't capable of being complimented by what he brings to the table in order for that to happen. And so I think if you're Iowa, you play as positionless of basketball as you can. You put as many of shooters on the court simultaneously as you can. In many respects, Tyler Cook and Connor McCaffrey are the same player in terms of what they do to the Iowa team as a whole. Now, I'm not saying that Tyler Cook isn't a hell of a lot better basketball player, but they don't complement the players around them. And so when they struggle, it becomes far more prevalent than it does if one of these other guys struggles. So that's that's so because Iowa has that weakness and it's not going away, I think the way you compensate for that is you put uh, you put as many shooters on the floor. You, you make a de- the defense extend itself in as many positions as it possibly can to create as much open space and uh, that makes it more difficult for them to defend you that far out from the basket. So the, the, it is, it, it is a, it's an interesting, I find it to be an interesting debate because again, like I mentioned on the one hand, he, he possesses skills that it's been that Iowa has rarely, Rarely had, but you 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 bring up very uh, a number of valid points, number of very good points, and I come I, I think about this. I think that whether or not you think he's better 
or I will be better with him or without him. I, I kind of think, you know, to use your uh, Portuguese or whatever language you were talking, I think it's fait accompli that he will not be coming back. Uh, I think, yes, and while players can sign with agents and they can return to college as long as they go through the comp, there's a number of things that you have to go through for that to work for you to return. Um, but Tyler's probably going to have to go through the combine and all those things. And if he goes undrafted, he'll have the choice to come back. Um, I just don't know that he's going to get any better. And one of the reasons why, if we were doing this as a debate, why I might cede to you and say your side of the argument will win, even though I'm not saying that you beat me in an argument, is I, I know that you would like that. Uh, yeah. That's the most important thing that's been said in this entire podcast. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> is I think I, I think Tyler heard a couple of things last year from the NBA. One, as we mentioned before, get better at defense. And I, I think I think he looked to me like he was better defensively, even if the analytics don't bear it out. But he wasn't great. He's not a stopper. But number two is establish that mid-range game. And we saw that early on in the season, in November and December, when he was out chucking shots like that that you hadn't seen him chuck. I'm not saying he's chucking 30-footers, but, you know, for him, if he's beyond 15 feet, that's chucking. I don't want to see that. Um, you know, and his, his percentages. I'm looking at a shot chart right now until it just reloaded on me. Uh, and, of course, now I'm not looking at it anymore. I'm going to have to pull it up again. I, I when you were talking for like 15 minutes uh, early on in this, I'm like, perfect, because I'm going to go Google to see if I can find a, you know, a heat chart, <laughs> you know, where, where where guys shoot from. But thankfully, I stalled the last 30 seconds and was able to reload it. He shoots 77% from within, I would say, um, okay, uh, what is that? Eight feet dead on and one foot outside the lane. He shoots 77% for that from those from those areas on the floor. He doesn't shoot better than uh, or he, that, that's where 77% of his shots came from. I'm sorry. His efficiency in that area is 62.5%. His efficiency pretty much everywhere else is not good. Mm. He, 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 for him to for him to prove himself professionally at Iowa, he's going to have to come back and be shooting outside jump shots and mid-range jump shots and doing things that are all about better for him. Yes. And those same things are not necessarily best for the team. We have a problem there. And I th- think you articulated that as well. So when you're, you you're ha- saying it more, you're saying more blatantly what I was hoping I wasn't going to have to say, because I'm, since I'm the non-Hawkeye fan on the podcast, I'm not the. I would have no problem just blatantly saying it on the Bigger Ten podcast. But here on the HN podcast, I, I kind of feel like, you know, um, <laughs> that that that's more of a family conversation. Okay, but yeah, I get it. I get it. But since you went there, all right, let me just say you just more blatantly said what I've been, I, what I've largely articulated. But this is the final selling point. Uh, and it comes really down to this. What you just said is that do you you can't have a guy coming back because last year was the year for him to come back and become a better player. 
The second time around is when they come back because they they are we all know that everybody's using everybody here to get to the level they want to get to. Right. But it can't be it it it, it can't be a one way street now where the where all the leverage is I'm really only back in school now because they told me I, this is what I have to do. It it can't be that that's especially when the, there are several other really good shot makers on this team that that have not been fully developed yet and serving and catering his interests gets in the way of their development. And I think it's just it's better off for everybody then on both ends for Tyler and his family and for the fan base and the team. God bless you. Good luck to you. That's why I think it's better off. Those situations, when they if they start to go south and deteriorate, that's when fan bases turn on guys and everything else. And I I I, I think that's where you know, you know when to hit the tap out moment there, George Costanza. Okay, you gave it your best shot. Time to move on. That's my thought. Yeah, I I think really that's that's where I'm going to land on this. And if that falls in the camp of your side, then it does, because. Everybody needs to be rowing the boat the same direction, and that doesn't mean that if Tyler returns, he's not going to be a good teammate or a team player or a guy that wants to win. But he's absolutely going to want to try to showcase that he's improving in the areas that the NBA has asked him to improve. And I don't know that he – I think Tyler is going to make a good amount of money as a professional basketball player. It may never be in the NBA. Um, you know, Aaron White plays at the highest, the second highest level of basketball in the world in EuroLeague. Uh, and they pack 15,000 people in, in, in their arenas a night over in Russia in the league he's playing at. I oftentimes uh, watch the highlights, sometimes try to find some game streams online. It looks like a pretty fun level of play. He's going to make a lot of money playing basketball. Just don't know that it's going to be the NBA, but I certainly support his desire and um, decision to go seek it out if that's what he wants to do. And I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, given the potential conflict of interest that we've just talked about the last six, seven minutes, it may be better for Iowa and Tyler if both parties part ways. Here's the thing that's fancy to understand is the NBA doesn't look at, I mean, if you can be great and a team player, they love that in the NBA, but it's not nearly as, as prevalent of a scouting factor as it is in the NFL where it's 11 guys on each side. Um, I mean, we've, we've seen the NBA, we've seen number one overall draft picks, not even lead their team to the NCAA tournament. Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz. Okay. They don't, so if Tyler Cook were to come back and average 20 and 10, and, and, and the way he gets to 20 and 10 is he's shooting like 35, 36% from three, and Iowa finishes ninth and 10th in the Big Ten, his, his, his stock's going up. They don't give a crap if Iowa goes 17 and 15 if he's doing that. They don't, they don't, NBA scouting is not like – it's a much more individualistic process than it is in football, okay, where – You're part of a larger ultimate team exercise, and how do you fit into that? They don't look at that nearly as much at the the NBA. And that's, again, why, you know, that 
and 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 you some people that are listening may ask, well, Steve, why didn't you start there? Because a, I'm not a Hawkeye fan, and b, I like him, and he's been a good player, and he's not a problem, and so I didn't want to start off going to this angle by looking making it look like I was picking on him, um, and and I wanted to point out that you know um, there's still a lot of really good players on this team that can, that have a chance to develop. They have guys in. There's no athlete on on this roster ready to take his spot. Okay. But there's a but there's a couple of guys that are well positioned to take advantage of of the opportunity his absence presents them with their ability to make shots. Okay, and and so I wanted to do this from the outside in because I don't want to pick on a guy. I don't mind picking on somebody if I think they deserve it. I just don't think he deserves it, so I don't want to pick on him. But but I also think coming back, you almost set yourself up for um, you know. Uh, familiarity to breed contempt if you know what i'm saying yeah it's been a good run everybody have a nice run go get that money and uh you know we'll see on the flip side agreed he 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 was uh he's been an excellent excellent person uh in the program in on and off the court no doubt about it all right that'll wrap up this installment of the hn podcast for steve and john we'll talk to you soon